Hey everyone, this is Christina and you're listening to your Marketing Homegirl Podcast. All right then folks, so on this episode, I have a special guest. Um, I have Nicole, who is a boss babe that I met on Instagram. She is a founder, a YouTube host, and a marketing consultant, just like me. (laughs) And um, she actually has her own magazine called... Epiphiana. Epiphiana. I didn't want to mess it up. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) I held a dick two seconds ago. Um, So we're going to be interviewing her today because she definitely has a kick-ass story to tell um, with regards to starting her own business and have her own magazine and um, overcoming, um, you know, a lot of obstacles that us as Latinas um, Mm -hmm. face, um, either being first generation or third generation in her case. But uh, without further ado, do, here's Nicole. Yes. Hi. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. So first thing I want to talk to you before we dive deep into your business is I want us to know a little bit about your childhood mm-hmm. and where you come from. Yes. So I was born in Gilroy, actually. So I uh, was the last one to be born in the hospital that was there um, or the last year, basically. And so my parents now live in Hollister. I grew up with three younger siblings and then I have an older half sister that lives in Texas. Yeah. Perfect. And um Tell me a little bit about your um, about your educational background. Yes. So growing up, um, I saw two different lives. So my dad has his college degree and my mom doesn't. And so I always knew I wanted to get my college degree. I was actually one of those weird kids that there was an... I had a whole encyclopedia set (laughs) before the internet. So I would always look up things and I looked up college and I saw that there was um, a bachelor's degree. And then if you went further in school, there was a master's degree. And I remember at like 12, I was like, I'm going to get a master's because I meant more than a bachelor's. (laughs) I was very competitive. And so I actually went to community college first, um, De Anza. So I went there in San Jose. And then I transferred to San Francisco State, got my bachelor's in communication studies. And then I worked in the nonprofit world for about four or five years. And then I went to get my MBA at Mills College, which is a private university in Oakland. Very nice. So we shared things in common. Yes. Even though I went to Foothill, it's yeah. way better than the answer. It's okay. I'm just kidding. Um, we also went to SF State together. Yes. So cool. Gators. Yes. Um, but tell us a little bit about the internships that you did, because I think that's very important. When yeah. we are in college, we are kind of um informed that we can get a certain type of that um, we need to work for free work so we can so we can get paid later much, right? <laughs> which is we've all been down that road i know i have you have to be humble and start from the bottom you have to be like drake and start from the bottom mm-hmm. um yes yeah, so i has internships so i actually got my first internship when i was in community college because I knew by the time I transferred, I was going to graduate quite soon. And I knew that everyone that went to a four-year traditionally probably already started their internship path. So I got my first internship. I started at CBS 5 in San Francisco because I wanted to be a journalist. That was my whole goal. I wanted to work in media. I was definitely that intern that got coffee. Um, definitely that intern that made multiple coffee runs to the local Starbucks. But what I loved about CBS 5 is they actually kept me on for two years as an intern. Um, I first did the sports department and then I went to the communications department. I had a lot of people there that took me under their wing just to show me different aspects of a television station and different, you know, different 
routes I could take. I was, one of my favorite things is like, you know, when you watch um, sports highlights? Yes. And they're giving you like the five top things that happened in sports that day. Mm-hmm. So that was written by me. <laughs> And I remembered that my by a girl, people, by, by a girl, girl, and it was um, announced by a man. Yes, probably <laughs> announced by, and it was my job. Like I learned how to write the script in the system, so that way the, um, the you host. know the host could you know just read it off the teleprompter. Teleprompter. Thank you, thank you for helping <laughs> with my words. I love it. But yeah, and so I learned how to do that. But what I also learned was <laughs> I'm not a big sports watcher yeah (laughs) so i actually learned all the rules of hockey and basketball while at that station i had to come up with the highlights i don't really know all the players names the positions but i'm like that looks interesting sure so it was very much um uh throw me in the pool and see if i would swim or drown kind of experience and i'm very grateful for that and then I interned at Diablo Publications in Walnut Creek. That was completely different. It was very Mad Men kind of ish, mm-hmm. but I had a lot of good female mentors there. It was, uh, you know, a luxury magazine. Those I was writing the little descriptions of like, you know, two thousand dollar desks, you know, mm-hmm. for like the people that live in Walnut Creek and they want to or Rinda and want to purchase desks. I have to write like in three lines what makes this desk like amazing. Mm-hmm. And I had a really good editor there. And actually, the reason why I say it reminded me of Mad Men was that was right when Mad Men was starting to come on. Mm-hmm. And all the older people there were like all about it because yeah. they, they reminded them of when they were younger. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was quite young. I was still in my 20s. I'm like, Mad Men is so boring. I love that show now. But it was it was interesting. I really enjoyed both my internships because I learned a lot. But to put that out there for any younger viewers, I learned a lot because I realized my I don't want to say I realized my place in a negative way, but I realized I was in the bottom of tonal pole and I have to be humble. And that way people are willing to teach me instead of coming in and acting like I know everything because I I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, these people have been doing it for years and let them take you under their wings and like really teach you. Correct. And I think that's very important because I think that we do have that mentality, you know, like Mm -hmm. we don't want to start from the bottom. We're so hungry and we're so... Like, I can do that job. Why did that person get promoted? But you have to understand that you do have to start from somewhere. Yes. And then just put that little bug in the ear like, oh, what are you doing over there? You know, one day I want to do that. And then when that opportunity comes, then they'll say, oh, you know, let's give Nicole a chance. Or let's go ahead and bring Nicole in here because she said she wanted to do this. And so sometimes it does take doing the, the coffee runs. Yes. And doing, you know, the things that you don't want to do to realize what you do want I mean to do. I came in on the weekend they're not paying me but and some of the other interns that went to Berkeley didn't come on the weekends I have to pay for my parking again I'm still not getting paid but they saw that yeah and they were giving me more opportunities because they're like okay she's willing to help us this is a big thing I tell interns when you're at the bottom and you're an intern your job is to make your boss's job easier Correct. your job is not to be their boss or to compete with them your job right now is to make their job easier mm-hmm. and show them like, yeah right now you need to be a showstopper and yeah. show me why either a i should hire you or b have you move on to your yeah. next life exactly <laughs> exactly this position wasn't made for you so you know internship is a job interview in itself mm-hmm. for free in a way yeah you know? yeah and i got a lot of good information from all my mentors there 
So I know we had mentioned that um, you also worked in nonprofit. Oh, yeah. We talked offline, you guys, but we're, I'm bringing it up. Yes. Um, that you worked in nonprofit. I know I worked in nonprofit. I have my certain take on it as well. But if you can share with us um, what you experienced with nonprofit, because I think that's very important. Yes. Your transition. I, so again, all my internships were in media. And then one of my, this a little bit long story. This is um, my first job in the nonprofit world came out of internship and that internship came out of volunteering. So my first position I actually sort of created, but it was my last year in undergrad. I had a new year's resolution that I wanted to volunteer more. So I volunteered at this large um, nonprofit. Then I realized the things they were having me do actually are more like a part-time gig. So then I asked them if it could be an internship. And then I asked them if they could pay me for this internship. Cause I was doing a lot of like work, like actual work that an assistant would do. And then, so I got paid, like, um, and then they decided to create that position as a part-time position. And what I did was a lot of community engagement. So I was the person building relationships with like volunteers and the donors and really like just being, um, the face, Mm -hmm. which I enjoyed. I like talking to people. And then I also did some side projects where I would create like their social media channels and things like that. So I really sidestepped into the nonprofit world. That was not my goal whatsoever. But because the recession was hitting and a lot of the journalism jobs weren't really striking my fancy um, and a lot of like really, you know, well-known journalists were like losing their job, you know, I just went to nonprofit world just because it was, to be honest, safe bet and I knew I was going to get paid. One of the things about the nonprofit world, though, that was really frustrating for me we talked about this offline is I was working on profit world for about five years and I worked at really large nonprofits. That was another thing is I heard horror stories of people working in smaller nonprofits and they weren't getting paid. I made sure I worked at large ones that were national, that there was a headquarters. So there was HR department if I wasn't getting paid. And so, but one of the things is I felt like the nonprofit world and I admired a lot of the work that people do there, but had a lot of bleeding hearts people that just really cared about the communities they were helping and not really seeing, like not really having a strategy or operations in place. It was, um, there wasn't any business mindset. And that was what really was frustrating me because I wanted to do a really good job. And I felt like I couldn't do my job as a community engagement person or even just like a, you know, a PR person without the help. My position was always like, the last to be hired and the first to be fired because they would just want to put all their money into programs and not really money into like how are we building relationships with like donors and volunteers. So that's when I decided to leave. So, and that's very important because like myself, I also started in internships and nonprofit and you take that worrisome home. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, you worked a lot of bleeding hearts and very customer um, face forward with everything that they do, but then they neglect the business, the brand, the mm-hmm. operations, right? And you, and then here you are as an intern saying, hey, I think we should do this. Yeah. And then they're like, well, what do you know? You're just coming in, right? Yeah. And it's almost like, okay, well then do I not have a say here? Like, why am I here then if I can't really at least, you know, cause you're not looking at it as a job. You're looking at it as like, hey, this could be my career and I want yeah. you to succeed. But unfortunately, some people that either been in a nonprofit world for a long time, 
it's almost like, well, this is business as usual. We're not going to mm -hmm. break the mold of nonprofit organization. And, you know, I'm here to teach you type of mentality. Yeah. And I think that's important to understand your place. Like if you feel comfortable in that, great. And if you don't, then you can find, you can follow Nicole's route because our next yes. um, thing that she's going to tell us is, is how I left. Is, yeah. <laughs> how she left, why she left and why she decided to, um, decided to start her own business. Yes. So like I said, the nonprofit world was just not a great fit for me. And I, it was getting towards the last year of my nonprofit. I didn't realize it was going to be last year of my nonprofit career, but I was going to grad school. I was working full time for my last nonprofit. I sat on two boards and then I realized that it's a lot of stuff. That's really crazy. And I just couldn't work at the nonprofit anymore. I just couldn't. So I left. It was interesting. They tried to keep me on, but I realized I just, I just couldn't do it. So I left the nonprofit world. I stepped down from my two boards I sat on, which was fine because I sat on both of them for over two years. So it was great timing. And I just focused on grad school. So this had to be like 2015, 2016. And so I was focusing, wanting to graduate, um, you know, on time, all that. So when I was in the my MBA program, a lot of your classes do require you to write a business plan, a marketing plan, a strategic plan. So thankfully, I had a lot of classmates that totally were down for writing a business plan about my business. <laughs> So I was like, thank you. So I left my MBA with all that intact. Take note, you guys. She yeah. had the graduate students in her class make the business yeah. plan for her. That's how you hustle, ladies. Yes. <laughs> and I was so happy that they were um, willing to do it. And it was great because they all have different type of expertise, right? Exactly. And so when I was writing out these plans, so let me backtrack a little bit. When I started my grad school program, I just finished, I just got married, right? So I got married August in 2013, started my grad school program January 2014, to give you guys a bit of timeline. And when I was getting, when I was preparing for my wedding, I was blogging a lot because I miss writing. I miss journalism. So I was just blogging about like random stuff about my wedding. People really enjoyed it. And I also really found joy in the writing. But then I was thinking why don't I actually just build a magazine that represents me and my friends mm -hmm. because there's no magazine that actually really represents that they're either extremely feminine and talk just about like relationships and makeup or they're really business-like or they focus just on bit on health they're not you know we all have layers and we all have different aspects of our lives and so I wanted to create something that represented that and I also just wanted to get back into writing, but I also knew I didn't want to have a blog that was just like the Nicole life, you know, mm -hmm. I, that the Nicole show. Yeah. That doesn't give me joy. So I was <laughs> like, no, I don't want to do that. And so I actually just started writing about different topics and with the business plan, marketing plan in mind and in hand, I got to really figure out like what my next steps were going to be. And so because I knew what my next steps were, I was able to bring on an intern who's out in Connecticut. Shout out to Stephanie. Um, we have actually, I kid you not, never met in person. Wow. It's been virtual. Yeah. And she has been with me since the beginning. She edits all our articles. And it's just because I put myself out there. Mm -hmm. I put the magazine out there and she found me, kid you not, back when Snapchat was a thing. Mm -hmm. So she found me on Snapchat. Oh, look at that. Yeah, and we built relationships. And so that was like in the beginning. And then now, cut to, I have writers, I have interns, and we're still building, but it's been a really fun journey. 
So tell us the meaning behind the magazine name. Like what yeah. made you choose that name? Because I think both being in marketing, branding is important. The yeah. name's important. And it's important for Can us to um, decide yeah. as to um, what name we want to build our, our brand on. So if you could yes. talk a little bit about that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Epiphiana means epiphany. And when I was coming up with the magazine's name, shout out to my friend, Sarah. Sarah is one of my good friends. She has worked in marketing for years. We got some bottles of wine and I told her we had to come with the name right then and there. And she's like, it usually takes months. And I'm like, no, we're doing it now. (laughs) We have to come up with a name now. I need one word. I need one name. One of, um, I was trying to come up with something that really represented, you know, the time that me and my friends were at in our lives. We were all in this place where we were trying to get to the next level. We weren't in our entry level jobs. We weren't in internships anymore. We either were changing careers, starting businesses. And a lot of times, you know, people that give career advice are just giving advice about the first step and not the second or third or fourth step. Mm-hmm. So I wanted something that symbolized that. Symbolize the moment that you have that aha moment and you realize what your next step is. So I'm like, ooh, epiphany. Then I was like, how do you say epiphany in other languages? So I just did that and came up with Epiphiana. And I really think that name just symbolizes a lot of what the magazine's about. It's about having those aha moments, but also going through the really dark moments before you have that aha moment. And I think that's super important because I feel like, I know I've had epiphanies. I mean, yeah. I had an epiphany from even starting this podcast, right? Yeah. So I think that's so important. I think everybody can relate to that mm-hmm. because some people hold themselves back yes. um, to start that new chapter or to even um, tell them tell themselves like, hey, I can do this, right? And it's almost like they need to have an epiphany mm-hmm. of moving forward. And mm-hmm. so I really think that this magazine, I, I mean, I love the name, even though I can't pronounce it and I already, I already named it's okay. it as a church, yeah. like my sister's middle name. Like it's I just told totally her so many different things. But um, so I think deep down inside, so when I think of magazines, I think of my childhood. Yeah. I think about YM and Seventeen. Me too. I was all like, I was the kid that needed like the new cup, um, Seventeen magazine, Teen Vogue, Vogue. I was very much that kid. One of my favorite things is when my mom would buy me a magazine and my favorite candy bar. And I just thought that was like the best gift ever. Exactly. Exactly. So um, when you decided to create your own magazine, Mm -hmm. I know we discussed this as well, but what made you transition from buying, you know, magazines in print to having magazines, um, your magazine available, um, you know, on the digital platform? Yes. So. There is a practical reason behind it. You know, when you're starting your own business, you're thinking about cost, right? So I didn't want to have a print magazine because I'm like, that's going to require more cost. I would have to, you know, bring on people that could actually do that for me. And so I didn't want to put that pressure over me when I was just starting something. I'm a big advocate of baby steps. You got to like crawl before you walk and walk before you run. I know that's not everyone's mindset. Some people just want to go running, but I'm like, you really have to like 
think things through. I'm very much that kid that's like, gotta think things through here. And as Latinas, uh, our moms told us this yeah. a lot. So yeah. <laughs> we've heard this in Spanish or in English, ladies. Yes. So. <laughs> and so I wanted the magazine to be digital because that way I wouldn't have the cost. But it's also, I knew I wanted the magazine to hit people that just weren't in the Bay Area. Right. And so I wanted it to be easily accessible to anyone that wanted to read our content mm -hmm. and not have to worry about, okay, I got to print it and then I have to like ship it to different areas. And the, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I just didn't want that. Plus for me as a reader, I stopped reading print magazines a while ago, right? I'll still read articles on like Vanity Fair and even newer magazines like Hello Giggles, but it's all like online because that's where people are at. You know, people don't want like hard copies anymore. I say this while I'm looking at like all my books, but you know what I mean? <laughs> like, but I feel like books are different. Yeah. <laughs> I love books. I collect books and having uh, an actual printed book that I'm reading is way better to me than reading a digital book mm -hmm. because I will lose a page. My thing will die. My kids right? will take over my, any electronic that I have. And so, but having that physical book, I feel like it's, it's different. Oh, but yeah. I also love the idea that you have a digital print of your magazine because that's what I like to use on the go. Like mm -hmm. I love looking at lifestyle magazine and makeup and all the other things that I could just look real quick, Pinterest, yes. you know? And so I think that um, it's important for um, women to know that it's okay to start small, but also think Nate, like think globally, you know, like, I yeah. think sometimes we get so caught up in like, oh, I want to represent the Bay Area. And, and believe me, I'm number one advocate for that. But it's like, yeah, but what about the other women that you can touch, right? Mm -hmm. All the other women that are in New York or in LA or internationally. So um, I definitely like that idea that it's yeah. a digital print form and it's just on the go. And that actually helped us build our relationships. So now we have, this is our first year that we have ambassadors. And I have an ambassador in New York, who I just saw earlier this week um, on Sunday. We had brunch. I have an ambassador in Houston and I have an ambassador in the L.A. area. The reason why, surprisingly, the magazine is doing really well in all those areas. <laughs> um, we actually have more support systems in those areas than the Bay, which I find quite interesting just to look at the analytics um so i'm like okay so that tells me like who my audience is and you know what time to post and what type of articles and what type of videos but yeah because it was digital because i was putting myself out there on social media i was able to build these relationships like all these relationships were online like you know social media relationships mm -hmm. and then they blossom like these people were not in my life you know what four or five years mm -hmm. you know that's a big thing about this magazine that I've always been grateful for. It has given me the push to meet so many different people. Like now I can say, I have friends in New York. I have friends in Houston. Like this is how nice um, Lydia who lives in Houston was. Keep in mind, I've only met her social media. Then I went to Houston to meet up with her and other influencers. And her and her husband gifted us, um, what is it? Floor seats to the Houston Rockets, you know, game. What? I know. I was like, what's thank up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So I was just like, oh my God, thank you so much. And I remember my husband's like, you meet the coolest people. Yeah, no, for real. And I'm like, I know, I do. I'm so lazy. <laughs> so talk about um, these ambassadors. How can yeah. someone become an ambassador for your magazine? Yeah. What do you look for to quality in a, for an ambassador? I look for someone that is in 
already doing their own engagement on social media, someone that understands the value of engagement, but someone that I can feel comfortable talking to, that's a big thing. Like, you know, I have a lot of, you know, friends and like other influencers in different areas, but I actually handpicked all these ambassadors. We aren't opening it up yet for people to apply, um, but it's more of like picking out people that I know I could build a relationship with and that understand the hustle. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that I saw on your Instagram page. I did see the ambassadors, and I think that's super important. I feel that sometimes as boss women, we want to yeah. do everything ourselves yes. and, you know, feel the need to only um, keep our ideas or our creatives to ourselves. But I think it's also very important to communicate and network with other women, you know, mm -hmm. that can give you either a different platform, a different perspective. Um, you know, everybody has their own story and their own hustle and how they got to where they are. And so I think that if we're able to connect with one another and support each other, you know, we can definitely be in LA, New York, mm -hmm. you know, Houston. And, um, I, I do have to agree with you with the Bay area. Um, it, once you open up the application, girl, I'll be the first Bay Area ambassador. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you guys, I took that position. Um, but no, absolutely, I, I definitely want to talk about this. I think that we should support each other. You know, and I think the Bay Area yes. has. I know um, we definitely have our own little vibe, our own little groove. But yeah. it doesn't mean that I can't cheer you on with what you're doing, and you can't cheer me on with what I'm doing. Exactly, you know? and I'm all about like trying to support other women and their dreams. I love hearing people's dreams. And yeah, going back, I find it so fascinating that we have more of our readers in New York than the Bay Area. When I'm pretty active in the Bay Area, so I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. But that's something I had to keep in mind. I was like, oh, okay, like maybe like there's, but I also know most of my readers like are in cities that have um, high populations of Latinas. Metropolitan. Yeah. So I actually did some ads years ago. I'm going to probably redo them to see where everyone was at. But one of the things I learned from the get-go with my magazine was I had a big support system in bigger cities than growing cities like Denver mm -hmm. or like um, Seattle or, you know, even Portland where, yes, there's cities, but they're still growing. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of support in like Chicago, New York, LA, Houston, even maybe a little bit Austin, Miami is starting to slowly give me love. I say this in every interview. One day, <laughs> Miami will love me. <laughs> well, you're so lucky because I'm going to Miami in May. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, let's discuss the yes. opportunity there. But um, no, I definitely agree. I think that when you say those cities, I'm like, hmm, uh, that's because we're in the hood, girl, in those cities. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a lot of uh, hard knocks over there. But yes. that is interesting. And that's also, as, as a marketing um, professional, that's important that you notice that, you know, yeah. from the get-go. It's like, okay, where is my population? Where's my audience? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, as business owners, we want to reach everybody. And, and Oh, God, no. Even though that is, you know, ideal, yeah. but you also have to consider like, okay, let's focus on the areas where I do have, you know, a larger audience yes. where I am getting, you know, the attention and then you can slowly grow in Seattle, in Denver, yeah. in the other areas. Yeah. I'm always about finding your target audience and I have another shout out to my friend Giselle. She's a business coach and that's one of her expertise. But, my daughter's um, name, shout out to yeah, Giselle. Yes. <laughs> and so... 
I'm a big, when I tell a lot of clients this, uh, when they're starting businesses is your target audience is not everyone. It's never going to be everyone and it should not be everyone. You should really just target like your, you know, find your age group, find the income level you want to target. One of the examples I give this totally random, but this free marketing advice for you guys, um, is, you know, grocery stores, right? Yes, you could technically shop at any grocery store as a consumer, but there's certain grocery stores you go to because there's a reason behind that. That grocery store put their store in a certain income level with certain colors and certain cells. So yes, as a consumer, you go to Trader certain Joe's ones. Yeah, as an example. you go to certain ones. You could go to any grocery store, but you're you're gonna have like your favorite. So. For example, where my parents live, they're always going to go to Safeway because Safeway is the closest grocery store. But Safeway probably realized the community that lives around there, or a type of household, and that's why they put it, their store there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, your target audience is never going to be everyone. Yes, people. Even Safeway has a marketing strategy. Yes, they There's all do. Marketing strategy inside product placement in the mm-hmm. store. Um, you know, those are the things that as marketers, me and her look at, you know, I know it sounds yeah. boring to you guys, but I'll I love talk it. to my husband and be like, that's interesting that they put this product right here. They must paid a lot of money to be right. In oh the yeah. Product. And my husband's like, what? Like, let's go get some food. Like, what are you talking about? I know. And those are the things that we look for. So that is a free marketing tip for you guys, because yes. you also, you know, need to look, you know, product and placement yeah. all the time. So speaking of that, where do you see your magazine in the future? So where I see the magazine in the future is that I want it to be like just one, you know, branch of the media company. I do want to have a teen magazine. Um, I, cause I really want to create content for teens and like healthy content. And then I want to have more ambassadors. I want to grow the team where there's more editors, more writers, because I want it to be one of those go-to magazines where people can go and feel good about themselves and learn something. So that's where I see it. Yay, I'm so excited for you. I definitely see that. Um, You're a people person. You definitely love talking to people. You're talking to me, so kudos to you. But, but, you know, one thing I want to bring up is I want to bring up your Instagram. Yes. Because my podcast is about marketing and marketing tips I like to give to um, boss women. Yes. And so in looking at your Instagram, Uh I'm very proud of you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I'm just browsing through and I'm like, oh, I see growth. Yeah. I see growth and like, her posts and now they're being branded and she's tagging it and she has caption titles and so that's what i look for when i look yeah, at instagram yeah. um also to see you're not fake <laughs> right <laughs> i get all these fake followers and stuff like that um but talk about your instagram because i think it's important i th- i think that um some people are scared to go on instagram baby steps right baby and that's steps, something yeah. that i tell my clients is you know definitely have a strategy but just start and then you'll get the flow of it yeah and that's something that i did see that with you that i started seeing more videos and more you know pictures of yourself sometimes we don't like putting pictures of ourselves um but talk about that well how how did you come across your brand on instagram yeah instagram like we said offline is sort of like uh it's one of my it's a friend of me of mine (laughs) um it's the friend that i have to invite to the party not the friend i want to invite to the party because you know they keep changing their algorithm and they just make it really difficult for up and coming and like business owners to really get the likes and get the comments. Um, it's just one of the things that I wish they would work on. But with my, with the branding for the magazine's Instagram account, in the beginning, my, 
the magazine because I didn't really know what I wanted to show on our Instagram account. And what I learned is that your Instagram along with your YouTube has to be like cohesive. Mm -hmm. And I say that because the magazine has a lot of different parts. Like we talk about relationships, we talk about travel, we talk about makeup. I couldn't show all of that on Instagram because then it will look hodgepodge, mm-hmm. right? So then I really tried to tailor it to like one or two sections, right? So for a while we were doing traveling, a lot of travel posts and a lot of like women empowerment posts. And then we slowly changed it where we did more branding in our colors to remind people of who we are because we saw like we were getting a lot more followers and it was like, okay, so we have way more followers now. They might not know who we are. So let's use our color schemes. Let's be creative. Then, you know, adding more videos, right? Because that's the name of the game. Now you have to add more videos to everything you do. So taking the time out to create those videos, the templates that you saw that I used, one of my friends actually gave me a slew of templates that mm-hmm. you can use on Instagram. Oh, the iPhone one? Yeah. Yeah. So that's something, um, I really enjoy because it, oh, it catches people's eye, right? Mm-hmm. It's different. So that's something I wanted to start doing where I'm catching people's eyes. It's a little bit different because those templates actually really help your looks look cohesive. Mm-hmm. So then you can add different topics again. Correct. So I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. And so with Instagram, I'm always trying to figure out different ways to grow, different hashtags to use. I actually use Planoly to schedule out my posts because I'm one of those people that doesn't like to think of something the day of. And then I also have, I use a lot of my stuff on Canva to create on Canva. And then for my Instagram stories, I'll have interns create sometimes the stories and they've done a really good job with that. And I think that's important because I feel that A, people are scared to go on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, And then B, when they do go on Instagram is what do I write? What do I do? How should I post? Mm -hmm. Right. And then see, or you can have somebody else do it for you. Yes. Right? And sometimes yeah. I get that a lot is, you know, what should I do? What should I pose? Or you can just hire me. Like you can just hire me and I'll do yeah. it for you. But even that takes time, right? Because then you have to get the right message, the right tone. Hey, do you like this? And so also we have photos. So <laughs> that's a big thing. So you also saw that I had photos of me. For the longest time I didn't want to put photos of me on my yeah. on the magazine's Instagram because I have my own Instagram account. But I realized the magazine's brand is still very tied to my personal brand and people want to see me, which is nice. I love it. So I'm like, okay, I got to add some photos of me, some videos of me. So that way they know who I am. Um, So people really enjoyed seeing me behind the stories. Um, When people are scared of what they should post, that's why I say plan it out. So whether you use like a Google calendar, I have a friend that uses Asana, like um, you could also just see it on Planoly. Really pick out your photos that you want to use and start writing out your captions. If you take like, let's say a Sunday afternoon and really think about what you want to write out for that week. Let's do baby steps. That week, what do you want to post? How many days do you want to post? What times do you want to post? Try it out. See what works. Then do it again the next week. And then you'll get in a rhythm where maybe you can schedule things out a month in advance. But you have to be out there because again, you have to be on Instagram. Unfortunately, we don't want to be, but it's just a place. It's just a place that you have to be 
And also realize Instagram might be your social media channel that is just brand awareness. It might not be the channel that brings you sales. That might be Facebook or that might be LinkedIn. So you might not see the value in using Instagram because it's not bringing you in sales or um, any kind of return on investment. But you need to put your brand out there just because everyone is out there, is on Instagram. I think that's super important what you just said, that Instagram is not necessarily going to be your sales channel. Mm -hmm. Instagram is online reputation. It's mm -hmm. your brand. It's I personally, when I look at a brand, even big box brand, Adidas, Nike, Target, I'm always like, do they have a Facebook? Do they have an Instagram? Let me check them out. Let me check the reviews. And so our consumer nowadays are doing that first mm -hmm. before deciding, do I want to go to Adidas? Do I yeah. want to go inside Target and buy this product, right? So um, I think that's very important for everyone to understand is even if you are scared to go on Instagram, it's okay to go on there and just get your, your, your product out there. And then it's going to be a work in progress. But keep in mind that your customers, your clients, the consumers, they are going to be looking at it, but you don't have to be perfect. It can be a work in progress. Right now, Instagram is not all about curating, you know, the perfect photo. Like, take a picture of yourself, do a raw video. Mm -hmm. That's what uh, that's what we want. We want to see someone that's real and not fake. If you want, you know, curated content and you want somebody to, you know, uh, the perfect Instagram, follow Kim Kardashian. She has yeah. somebody that does it for her, that's always filter happy, mm -hmm. and she's posting perfect photos, right? They're perfect. I have not one bad thing to say about Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Or if you want to <laughs> follow some like real homegirls like myself and Nicole that we might mess up here and there, then follow us and then just watch our journey, watch us grow. Because, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, I, I didn't know what I wanted to post. I know I needed to be on Instagram. I know I wanted to promote Instagram, but I don't necessarily depend on Instagram to make my money. Yes. And sometimes just with businesses, it's it's just, um, it's a learning curve, you know? Yeah. And I would definitely recommend just starting an Instagram account and just, you know, going from there. And then your customers are going to help you curate the content for you to mm -hmm. post on your Instagram. And I think yeah. that's important. And I think like, so one of the steps I try to give some clients is if Instagram is not your cup of tea, um, definitely, you know, do, granted, like everyone always says, post every day on Instagram, but I'm like, again, baby steps. If it's right. not your cup of tea, post every other day. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, sometimes if you post every other day, you get a lot more likes because it's, you're sort of not in people's faces all the time. Right. So then they get excited when you post something. Mm -hmm. So try posting something every other day, plan it out. The reason why I say plan it out is that way you can see if you don't have photos. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing when I work with clients. They don't have enough photos. Okay. They either don't have enough good photos of themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't have enough good photos of their product. Mm -hmm. And so when you see you have a lack of photos, maybe the first thing you really have to do before you really start posting is see if, if you have the means you could work with a photographer. Then so they're not always going to be that expensive. Sometimes they're 100 to $200 an hour. And, you know, if you have that, that'd be great. If not, you know, maybe if you have a friend that has a good camera, not just their phone, um, and can take some really good photos of you, that can be really helpful. But that's a big thing is you need the content to put up there. Mm -hmm. And then another thing when you're starting Instagram and you're working, you're in Instagram and you want to promote your business is you have to do Instagram stories. There's more and more people on Instagram stories. 
And Instagram stories is just a little bit, I find that it's sometimes a little bit easier just because there's less pressure to be perfect because it's going to be gone in 24 hours. Exactly. So if you're mm -hmm. so worried about being perfect, Instagram stories is going to be the place for you. Mm -hmm. So definitely take advantage of Instagram stories because that's another way to get your messaging out there. Mm -hmm. And then make sure to change the settings where you are allowed to archive mm -hmm. your, your Instagram stories, because in that way you can create the little folders that you see at the bottom. Yes. And sometimes I get questions like that, like, Oh, how do I, like, it, it went away for 24 hours, but I wanted to create a folder of all yeah. the quotes that I have. So just make sure you change that setting. And another important thing that you said about Instagram, um, is that, you know, just start somewhere, but definitely the photos are super big. And so people forget about that. And yeah. so once you become too content happy, like too many quotes, then it kind of becomes a little bit stale. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I was gonna ask actually, um, or mention, sorry, is that make sure that you convert your Instagram page into a business page. So mm -hmm. you can look at those insights. So you oh, can yes. see that, Tuesdays are the best to post and what your target audience is and what the age group is. So, you know, you know, like the, the target that you are coming across with the information based on the hashtags and the mm -hmm. times that you post and so forth. So exactly. I get that asked a lot. Um, I can't see my insights. Well, cause it's a personal page exactly, and it's private, so you can't do it. <laughs> exactly. Cool. So we're almost at the end of our segment here, but Yay. I wanted, um, the girls to know more about you or fellas. <laughs> hey, I mean, who knows who listens to my stuff on a regular basis. So I'm going to ask you, which do you prefer? Okay. All right. So do you prefer a red lipstick or a nude lipstick? Right now she's wearing nude, but we'll see what she stays. <laughs> I know. Well, can I choose something else? <laughs> yeah, actually two? you can. So um, like a pink, like a light pink. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. I love yeah. pink. Um, Beyonce or Rihanna girl? Beyonce. Beyonce. I have a Beyonce notebook as I'm talking to her. Yes, FYI. I'm sorry. It's like, it's Beyonce. <laughs> Even though my husband's more of a Rihanna fan, I'm like Beyonce. You know what? Rihanna has grown on me with her Fenty Savage yes. situation. Yes. And I think she's totally rocking it. So big ups to Rihanna and you know, ladies that also tells you that Rihanna, what is she known as, as a music model, right? Yeah. But she created her own business with her makeup and her lingerie line. So exactly. don't think that you and have And her birthday's coming up. Oh, it's, on the, it's on the 20th. Oh, I, is it? Oh, I it's that. not like I know Rihanna, um, Rihanna <laughs> Facts <laughs> is uh, one of my writers just reviewed a Fenty product. Oh, okay. And she told me that that's when her birthday was. Oh, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Happy birthday, Rihanna. Yeah. Hey. Um, so do you prefer hoop earrings or studs or Ooh. no earrings? Looks like she's coming out the box with my questions. I know. I'm like, what earrings am I wearing today? Okay. Um, I do love a good hoop, mm -hmm. but I also love, yeah, let's say do a hoop. Cause when I do studs, it's usually like pearl studs, you know? Yeah. Pearl studs are for like when I'm about to go to an executive meeting yeah. and I don't want the home girl to come out, but yeah. also rock the red lipstick. Yes. <laughs> But right now I'm wearing hoop earrings because I love hoop earrings. Mm -hmm. And I know you mentioned this, but I just wanted to be official. Raiders or Niners? Oh, I'm a Niners fan. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think I saw a makeup with the Raider hat, but she mentioned Raiders, and I was like, wait, which one is she? Hold up a second. So no, no, Niners all. fan. I it was so funny growing up. My my dad had a role. You couldn't end up with a Raiders fan or a Republican. And I'm like, how are those the two same things? Um, but yeah. so then you say we're Democrat. And needless to say, 
I don't think all of my siblings follow that rule. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was her. So her my rules. husband, he's a Niner fan, but my sister mm-hmm. is marrying a Raiders fan from East Oakland. Oh. Shout out to P out yeah. there. So, <laughs> but I love him. He's like a brother to me, and that's yeah. probably. And I have a few cousins that married into the Raider yeah. family. Yes. But we know where to draw the line. Yeah. Like, don't call me when the Super Bowl, when we lost the Super Bowl. No, but, I would be know. like, were you there? Are you there? <laughs> no, you're not. It's not like your team made it, so bye. Know, right? like, let's not count the rings. Let's yeah. not go there. Um, but thank you so much. I appreciate yeah, you doing my you. podcast. Thank so, you for meeting. It's where, like, you know, she came all the way to where I live, so it was nice. I did. She invited me to her home, so thank you very much. I yes. super appreciate it. And again, ladies, this is something that we were chopping it up on Instagram. Like, we were just following mm-hmm. each other and giving each other props. And, you know, we're just like, hey, let's just do a podcast. Are you available for a podcast? And, you know, she made the dream work as well. You know, it takes two. And I really appreciate that you gave me the opportunity yes. to do my podcast. Well, you my was... first guest, you popped the cherry, girl. Oh, yes. <laughs> you popped the cherry. Yes, I love it. And one of the things is that, like, I'm always about, like, trying to reach out to people. And yeah. I love that you responded because sometimes people respond, but they have all these rules. And I'm like, okay, now you're just exhausting. You know? What rules? <laughs> well, like having like they only do like certain days sometimes oh, i'm like no, no. you have to be like a little bit flexible yeah. here and so i love the fact that you responded and you were really excited about yeah. it and i'm like thank you for coming to my house like it makes it a lot easier so yeah oh yeah if that. you're in the bay i'll reach out i'll come out to you or we yes. can meet up you know i'm just happy that i was able to find someone in the bay area like i have other yeah. you know guest hosts that want to come on and we're gonna have to do like a zoom or like a face chat and that's yeah. perfectly fine i'm totally down for that but i definitely love human interaction <laughs> yes in person so i thought that was really cool but thank you i wanted to thank you and um before we leave definitely give a plug to your magazine yeah. where can they follow you yes so All you guys stuff. could the magazine's called epiphiana magazine so it's e-p-i-f-a-n-i-a magazine so you can google it and then you can find us on instagram on twitter it's just going to be epiphiana mag so epiphiana then m-a-g and then or also on facebook so you can find us there and youtube so we're everywhere so your youtube's also the same name everything's across the board everything's the same name um our youtube channel is growing i'm really excited i love doing youtube videos it's one of my favorite things um so definitely give us some love there but yeah, just wherever you are, is we will probably be. Cool. <laughs> I know, right? Well, you're a media company, so you yeah. have to be on every channel. But, right. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your love and support. Please like and subscribe. Share with your friends. Tag us. And definitely feel free to give us your feedback, your comment on this episode. Um, what more do you want to hear from? And if you want to reach out to Nicole, you know, she gave out her Instagram handles and her social media handles. So Don't be shy. Say hi. And um, we'll see you until next time. Bye. Bye.